Welcome to the Coda Kings podcast. Today is Michael and Matt. Hey, Michael. Hey, hey Matt. This is our uh, first time getting some alone time together on the podcast. I really value it. Yeah, me too. You never forget your first time, do you, Michael? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what that was meant to me. But <laughs> Nothing good. I was thinking our initials together are both the same. M-M. 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 Yeah. Yes. Watch and we've out. got him on next week. That's it. So join in next week or Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true at all. I wish one day, one day he'll reply day. back to our emails. Yeah. <laughs> I've been tweeting him. Yeah, M&M. So, Matt, Matt but, what have you got me in here for? Well, Michael, um, well, for you guys who um, haven't, or you guys who want to catch up on the um, episodes and stuff, Michael has been behind the scenes for a lot of the first season. And um, what have you been doing there, Michael? Um, I've been just editing the podcast and uh, consulting, having some meetings with Matt, some phone calls, trying to figure out what you guys will be into the most. And we also appreciate any of your input regarding that. So, yeah. Yeah, so Michael... I basically did everything... um, yeah. Matt reads from my script when we do the podcast. Yeah, I'm so pretty much just a puppet and Michael's the puppeteer and he kind of just makes me do everything. And Yeah. Yeah, so Michael's actually... Matt, he uh, Actually, Michael's doing both voices here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Michael's come out from um, backstage to the front now and um, he's helping doing some presenting and some um, interviews now this season, which is really exciting because Michael's... Got such a uh, cool story he's overcome, um, some great challenges, and he's making the most of um, his time at the moment and um, giving back to young guys, um, which is really cool. I really, really appreciate you being on the team, Michael, and um, it's going to be really Matt. fun. Thanks, Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, so I thought we could just get to know yourself a little bit because the guys have listened to the you Kota know, Kings know me a fair bit, but, but tell us, let's start back to... Um, um, we like where you where you grew up. What your family are like? Um, what kind of kid were you as a kid? What kind of things were happening? Uh, sure. So I've always grown up in the Hunter area. Generally, spent um started my life in uh, Tanambit near Maitland, and then over the other side of the lake at uh, Coal Point. Oh. And um, and I was one of four kids, uh, second oldest. So. A big, noisy family, because we're all pretty loud people. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I um, I did really well in school. And um, uh, that was good for a time. But then I kind of uh, got in the habit, because I knew so many of the simple things, which is what you spend a lot of primary school learning, I kind of never really learned to focus and and get things done and that's something that stayed with me all through high school and uh even is a challenge today mm. so um what do you mean by um getting things done like um compared to to what like what would what gave you that kind of feedback or who gave you that kind of feedback well i never used to do my homework um i'd never do assessments i just my brain completely had no concept of the idea of like consequences and rewards. Mm. I just, there's like a link missing there. And, um, 
yeah, I just kind of got by, even though, you know, a lot of people telling me I had a lot of potential and that I was smart and I could go far. I just couldn't, couldn't get over that wall. Hmm. So, um, I actually didn't even end up finishing high school. I left at the start of year 12 and, um, which was confusing for a lot of people, but for me, the whole thing had become such a burden that I, I felt really free and was kind of thinking about, you know, what different things would be in my future. But uh, sadly, it wasn't to be because that was a, a period of time in my life when I uh, first became depressed. Did you know you were depressed at the time when you hit, when it hit you, or would, like, or that this did it begin back? Do you think to when? You, you felt like you couldn't come up with the concepts of you know, doing the simple things like you were saying before. Like, when did this hit you? Well, I, I think for me, um, and it's something that you're not necessarily prepared for when you go through high school, because when you leave school, that's kind of the first time that you're really the captain of your own ship and in charge of your destiny. True. Yeah. When you're in school, you know, you know, you have to get up at this time, you have to go to school, you have to do this stuff, engage with these people. So then when I was out on my own, I was just kind of adrift. And, and for me, what really triggered depression was just not knowing, not having any direction, not feeling confident in myself and what I was doing with my life. And, um, and no, I, I wasn't aware that I was depressed at the time. Because um, you don't really, you can't guess what depression feels like. Mm. Um, it's, you can, a lot of people assume that it just means that you're sad all the time. But it's, for me, it always felt more cloudy. Mm. Like, I have good days and bad days, but it feels like there's a, there's a weight on you. It's like a big wet blanket on you and it really dulls your ability to enjoy things and have good relationships and, and take care of yourself and get things done. And for me, because my depression came from a place of being unhappy about not getting things done and not being successful, it just kind of fed into itself. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. So talking about how depression feels, um, how would it, how did you feel when it came to friendships and and all that, like you said, that sometimes it stopped you from, or something like that, getting close to people, or it limited you. In what ways did it kind of limit you, or um, you know, um, was was challenging with your friendships? Well, again, depression, like all mental illness, is going to be, it's going to be pretty specific to each person. For me, the sensation I had was that anytime I saw my friends, I put. I put way too much value in in that the sensation of hanging out and having fun. And if I would go out and see friends and I felt like it wasn't amazing, I'd go home and, and just be in a funk. And on the other end of that, there were a lot of times when I just wouldn't go out or I wouldn't talk to people. I didn't have the emotional energy for my friendships. And um, I'd, I'd get invited to parties and stuff and birthday parties or just hanging with buddies and I would talk myself out of going because I would think you're not going to have a good time you know there are too many ways this can go wrong and mm. uh, your your whole world just gets smaller 
because it's just all about you and managing your emotions and expectations and it, it really is not rewarding um, headspace to be in at all. Mm, would you say that there's a connection between anxiety and feeling anxious and feeling depressed or do you think there obviously there's some differences but it sounded like a little bit there where um you know when certain things would be presented to you you know the, the depression would like it would help it would prevent you from make, taking action you know, like come up with excuses and stuff like that yeah i would say the main link between anxiety and depression is really just fear they're both really about fear for me, depression was about fear of things not going the way that I wanted um, and that fear just, you know, as a defense mechanism, you just don't take part in life anymore. And anxiety is just that fear is much more present and um, and immediate and physical. I um, didn't have much of an experience with anxiety at that time, but the second time I got depression a few years ago... Um, was the first time I, I really experienced anxiety and, and had my first anxiety attack even. Wow. And and the the real shame about having anxiety and depression at the same time is they both really help each other out because anxiety makes you feel like um it makes you feel like things are going wrong and that the world's closing in and depression kind of stops you from being able to fix or engage with any of the things that you feel are bothering you in any way. So basically, yeah, you've got one thing that's making you really worried and then another thing that's telling you you can't do anything about it. And so it's a really horrible feedback loop. When when you started recognising that things were happening behind the scenes in your mind, like the anxiety and the depression was starting to become more obvious, did you do something about it or did your family initiate something for you? What happened? The first time it happened, it was my mum who noticed. And um, the problem was she was asking me the whole time, you know, are you depressed? I think you might be depressed. And not intentionally being dishonest, I just didn't realise that what I was going through was depression and that's not how life feels because mm. it, it was about a year of my life there. And by the time I really came to terms with it, um, it was already gone. Uh, the, the second time... <laughs> Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose all that time again. Um, I told the doctor about it. I was actually at the doctor for something else, and I was just like, "Look, can I talk to you about this? I, I think I might be depressed." And um, just the act of talking to someone about depression—a doctor, a friend, anyone—that's a really important move. And I think for a lot of people, it's going to be the hardest step, but it's mm. so important because taking that step really gives you a level of power over it going forward. And so, you know, for me, I, I was prescribed antidepressants, went through that thing, being self-aware, talking to people about it, staying medicated, and um, until I, I came to a time when I, I realised that I was okay again. And then, you know, you have to slowly go off the medication, and then now I'm fine. And um, and it, it's exciting because... I, I know I'm not depressed now because things can go wrong in my life. I can have really bad days, but I know that the feeling of depression, which makes it all so much closer and so much heavier, just isn't there. And I know I can always bounce back, mm. um, 
which is good. And, and, you know, other people will have more severe depression and depression that lasts longer than mine. So, you know, I, I count myself lucky to not be dealing with it at the moment, but, um, it's, it's very common in our society and it, it scares me to think that there are people who are struggling with it and either don't know it or don't feel like they can comfortably talk about it. Mm. So what I really want to encourage is two things. One, I want you to, to everyone listening, I want you to be open and understanding, um, and try to find out what's best for people around you who you might think are struggling with this. Just basically help create an environment where they're not scared to talk about it. Uh, and my other piece of encouragement would be for people who think that they might be depressed, and that is tell someone. You don't have to tell someone who you think can fix it. You don't have to tell a professional. Tell someone. Have someone who you can confide in because that's going to give you some power over it and, and help you move in hopefully a really constructive direction. It's mm, very, very good advice. And it, all, all those things that you said are, um, are very practical and they go against a lot of the cultural values of being what a man is, especially for men who have it. Yeah. Because I, I find that, even statistics back this up, that females tend to care for themselves a little more when it comes to mental health or to, to health in general. They'll see the doctor and book an appointment in, but men will try and fight the cold, fight the flu, fight whatever's going through and just hope it gets better. And um, that's, that's actually an issue. It is. Yeah, there's there's an idea that, you know, to, to be manly, to be tough, which are two very broad concepts, um, yeah. the ideas that you don't feel pain, you don't suffer, you know, you don't complain. But the reality is, you know, there are a lot of things that can happen in life, good and bad. And for us to put out an idea that, it's not okay to be open about our journey is really doesn't do anyone any favors. No, and it's, it doesn't. It's, it's this backwards scenario now where the tough and brave thing as a man is, is to talk about your feelings, but that's mm. better for you, better for the people around you. It's really a, a part of culture and masculinity that we really need to challenge. Yeah. And it really is the healthiest way to deal with the issue. I mean, there's other options to deal with it, but they don't lead to a healthy outcome. You keep it in there, like anything physically, it builds up and turns into something unnatural. And yeah, then, and that's um, that's why I love that they use the term bottle up, because anyone who's left, you know, a, a bottle in their hot car knows what happens when mm. something's bottled up and it just sits there, it's going to explode. Yeah. I was talking to a midwife who's um, a good friend of ours, and... She I hope was, that story. I hope you weren't reminded of this story by the word "explode" because uh, <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> but she explained that a lot of people's, um, you know, bad skin or has bad body odor or it has breakouts is usually related to a buildup of things not being uh, released properly through the body. So when um, we use certain medication to, you know, treat the cold all the time, and we become too reliant on it. It's actually stopping um, the body naturally getting it out. And sometimes it's not um, nice, whatever it is. You might get a cold and you need to sneeze it out. You need a, You might have some gunk in your, in your lungs, but you take some pills to suppress it. And, but it's still there and it's building up. And the idea is that it can come through in, in natural ways. 
and um, comes through your skin, comes through your smell, comes through all that stuff. But originally, it just needed just to come out the way it was meant to. And yeah, that's a that's a really emotion. interesting, it's a really interesting illustration. And not to su- not to suggest that medication is bad, bad. Yeah, but if you if you treat the symptoms of something and not the cause, mm. then um, you can't move forward. And it's you know. But people, they get depressed and they'll eat or they will party, you know. These are effectively treating the symptom exactly. and not the cause because you still go home to the same feelings. You still go home to the same chemical imbalance in your head. And, um, you know, you talk about, you know, people treating the symptoms of a cold. So, for example, when we sneeze... The reason we do that and the reason that we have snot is that's one of our body's lines of defense against disease. Mm. Is it pretty or fun to sneeze? No. But that's literally our body ejecting things that it doesn't think should be in there. And maybe that's the same with, you know, talking it out or crying. These things may not be cool or pretty, but they're just our our brain wants to do them for a reason. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a really, really good point. And um, just on that note, if anyone out there listening to this episode is, is going through the same type of thing um, and this relates to you, we'd love to hear any, um, read any comments or inboxes on Facebook. And uh, particularly Michael, we'd love to answer any questions from this episode. Yes, yeah, to support if, you. If you guys message, you can privately message the Code of Kings Facebook page and Matt and I will get that. I'm happy to talk to you. Uh, we're both admins on that, so I'll, you know, we get those anytime they come through. So mm-hmm. yeah, drop us a line because um, we'd love to help out anyone in that situation, even if you just want to chat about it, or if you think you may be uh, depressed and, and want to, you know, clarify that, you know, perhaps we can help you. Yeah, like when you were back at school, did you get much education on what depression was and what what and what it wasn't? No, no, I, I didn't. And that's such an issue still to this day. Like you hear this word depression and anxiety thrown around a lot. And, um, you know, people just say, oh, she looks depressed or, you know, says things like that. But um, it's a really big deal. Um, a lot of, it's one of the, I think I read, a, I read an article that said that anxiety in America was the number one, like, negative feeling or emotion in, in America today. And depression follows that. But a lot of people in school, I didn't know much about it. I didn't know how to be part of the solution with it. Like, could you tell us something, Michael, that you wish that maybe something that could have helped when you were going through it or if you were going through it at school, um, how we could all be part of the solution? What helps a depressed, stated person? Yeah, I mean, for me, what I was missing uh, originally was information. You know, Mm. I'd love for there to be more... Uh, stuff about mental health in the curriculum. I mean, I haven't been in school for a long time, so I don't know what it's like. But, um, yeah, I'd love for there to be more information about it if you're young, when you're young, you know, just so you can be prepared, but also just more access for people to talk about their feelings because mental health, it's like physical health. You can be unfit without being sick, you know, and it's, it's good for us to work out our emotions. And so I, I'd love, you know, for school to be more of a place where you can do that, especially if you spend so much time there when you're young. Mm. Yeah, that's really important. So what, what are some things, like general principles and tips that we could all do 
to um, can I just really support people in this area? What what can we do as peers when we know that our friend or our family member is going through a tough time and they have depression or they find that they've got anxiety that sticks around? Well, I guess some some big tips I would give are don't make them feel bad for going through what they're going through. They can't help it. It's like any sickness or injury. Um, just support them. Don't don't bug them to get better because there's already a lot of guilt associated with those conditions. Don't have any expectations of them. Just make it clear to them that you're there for them now. And just, you know, in, in your broader life, be open about your feelings. It's good for everyone. It makes it helps us get along with each other. It encourages more people to talk about their emotions. And communication can only make the world a better and uh, healthier place. Great. Well, um, guys, once again, make sure you give us an inbox or give us a comment on this on our Facebook and um, share this around because this is something that we definitely want to um, be part of the solution with. And Michael and myself and the team here, we're just um, are behind you guys. You know, um, whatever you're going through, if you don't have anybody that you don't feel like you can um, talk to openly about, we're here and. Um, and Michael definitely on this topic and myself would love to um, give what we can um, so yeah well that's really good Michael We're, man it's so good uh, um, to have something like this to talk openly about um, what's happened in our life how we've got through things and um, I think on behalf of everyone who's listened to this I just want to say thank you as a friend um, for being so open about your feelings and um, being vulnerable and being honest which is so refreshing and so rebellious in our our culture at the moment. So thank you, man. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Matt. It means a lot. Thanks for having me on. Cool. And uh, excited about more Code of Kings in the future. Awesome. Hey, thanks for listening to the Code of Kings podcast. We really want to encourage you to share this online and personally to any friends, family members, and students that you feel would benefit from it. If you go to our website, greenroom.net.au, and click on the Live tab, you'll see Code of Kings podcast. We want to hear your questions, suggest some topics for us to discuss, and give us your feedback about how it's helped you and your friends. Follow us on Instagram, at The Code of Kings, and hashtag us in your ventures of bravery, moments of discovery, and you'll see us posting helpful things up on there. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you next time.